Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And today we are joined by a very special guest. I would say the stuff of legends. Perhaps. Perhaps. It is Cal from Tria here with us today. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Micro Brew Review. This is episode 72. And Mr. Cal has requested something a little springy since finally the snow is starting to melt around here. And it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah, so we are drinking beer, but we're ignoring the uh, traditional awful green beer and delicious but impractical Guinness if you can't have it on tap, in my opinion. And not out of a plastic cup ever. Never. So I tried to pick things maybe a little less well-known because I know that Cal is well-drunk. Is that the right conjugation <laughs> of that word? Perhaps well-versed. Well-versed in beer. In Ho- drink? Hopefully well-drunk once this is By the all time we're done, one. yeah. These are some large bottles. The ch- if we're going to go magic eight ball on this, we'd say chances are likely. <laughs> I don't see talk- success in your future. <laughs> don't talk me up too much for this, all right? Well, you have more training than we do. <laughs> yeah, how about that? We're on 72 episodes and you have far more training than we do. If by training you mean drinking, then perhaps. Well, then maybe, maybe we're even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting with something that I don't think we have ever had or considered <laughs> on the podcast before. And we're having a Pilsner. I don't know that we've ever featured this brewery before either. Although I've seen them before. Have you had any other beers before? I have, and usually I'm pretty impressed. I see their large format bottles like pretty often, and I think I've had one before. Um, I've had them on tap. I feel like it was either an IPA or a barley one, but it was, it was good, not great. Okay. Well, I don't like Pilsner. Now, this one in particular is an Imperial Pilsner, so I thought if there was a chance that I would be Never more like receptive a to a Pilsner. Uh, <laughs> it has to be Imperial. Yeah, probably. And Ian, where do your thoughts lie on Pilsner? I'm um, about on par. I think they're a fairly lackluster beer really? in general. There's just not a lot going on. I think it's like, it's a great, it's a beer, you know? Okay. If, you, if you want a beer, it's a great place to go. Um I feel like we've just overreached what we look for in beer now, though, and we're constantly looking for something that's exciting mm-hmm. and new and that we've never had before and a new flavor where we it makes us sit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think a Pilsner is ever really going to make us sit up. Perhaps an Imperial Pilsner will, though. So the brewery, because you both said that you've... Uh, I'm honestly not entirely sure how to pronounce it, but I believe it's Uinta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. U- Uinta is um, Salt Lake City, right? Yes, it is. Uh, this is their score one for Cal. Uh, this is uh, their Crooked Line series, it appears, and it's the Tilted Smile Imperial Pilsner. Okay. Uh, Max, I think, would enjoy the label art. Max we'll is save a him big the proponent bottle. Of, uh, of bottle art. So, I don't know. I think Shall it's we? safe to take a sip. It smells like a Pilsner. It doesn't really. Meh. I saw you change your mind in the middle of that thought. Like well, it, the initial the initial taste isn't very pilsnery, but it's definitely got that underlying on the exhale. It's like, yeah, that's a pilsner. I don't know. I I feel like I, I have a lot of thoughts on like pilsner. I feel like you like pilsner. pilsner more than we do. I do like pilsner more than you guys have led us to believe. <laughs> um, I like I I really enjoy pilsner. It's crisp. It's clean, and it's like pilsner is beer. You know, it's like basic, classic beer. And a good Pilsner that's like German-based and not Imperial or not with stuff added or pear juice or whatever you might find. 
Um, for example, a local product, Victory Prima Pills, is like a perfect Pilsner. Pilsner is a beer you want to drink maybe six or like 12 of, and it's crisp. <laughs> it's a good session clean. beer. And it's clean. Exactly. A great session beer. And if you can find a good version of what it is, I really like Pilsner. Especially, you know, like I mentioned, Victory Prima Pills is awesome. Love it. I mean, I can see when I went to Germany and saw... The guys all sitting around in the beer gardens drinking, you know, beer mm -hmm. by the boot or whatever. I can see like you would want a like, pilsner in want. that kind exactly. of situation. Like, I like just like a huge glass of pilsner would be perfect. And keeping that in mind, what do you think of this particular one? I think it's okay. It's kind of, I guess, I don't know what they're going for as far as like imperial go goes. If they were just trying to boost up, well, it is nine alcohol. That's, I think that's exactly what it is. Because what pilsner have you ever found? That's it's really malty. It is. Yeah. Well, it's that's that sweet. initial flavor that I was. Yeah. Right on the. Uh, really kind of on bitter the on the there. finish, though, that surprised me. I'm not going to say in a like a bad bitter, just more than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I think my my main problem with Pilsners is part of the reason that you like them so much. And I'll almost never drink two beers in a row that are the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I always want to try something new. I want I want to have that beer and then I want to have that beer and then I want to have that beer. Uh, and then maybe some wine, and then maybe go with that that beer. Um, so I don't really, I don't session mm -hmm. with a particular beer. I'll session with beer, <laughs> but I don't care what the ABV is. You know, I'll, I'll sit and drink all day, and it might be nine percent beers or you know five or six percent whatevers. But definitely doesn't have a pilsner color either. No, no, Not it's at very all. It's dark, very. Ambery. Copper, amber. Yeah, copper, yeah. I think, might be a good... So let me ask you about your beer buying habits, then. Um, assuming you do buy... Do you ever buy, like, cases of beer for your apartment? I do, and more uh -huh. often than not, I'll buy a mix pack. Okay. Um, so I'll get the Weyerbacher Big Beers mix pack. I like that one. Um, I used to do Magic Cat a lot, but I felt like they've been very underwhelming lately. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's just... Maybe they've always been, or maybe... They tried to get us to buy the Ballast Point mix pack the other day. Which I would actually be into, but it was, we needed it for a specific pur purpose, and um, I will buy cases of IPAs, like mm -hmm. single IPAs. I just picked up a case of the Victory Dirt Wolf. Okay. Uh, I finished it off today, actually. Um, I like uh, the Sculpin. Uh, I don't generally buy by the case. You but don't. I also don't tend to drink at home a lot, necessarily. Okay. It's usually like, you know, I'll leave the house some mornings at 5 a.m., and I'll be back at... You know, eleven thirty that night. And when you get home, it's lights yeah, out. And I'm, yeah, I'm right to I bed. Or that. at best, you know, I'll have one beer, and then it's you know, I'll have that sculpt and I'll have that third wolf or whatever. I like to buy like a case of beer for that reason. It's like to have a beer when I get home, or if I'm eating at home, to have a beer with dinner. Like right. My last two cases were, I think, uh, Nugget Nectar, and then before that was an IPA. I, th I think it was um, what's the one at uh, Deschutes IPA? Mm -hmm. It's pretty mm. good. And it's just like, you know, come home, drink a beer. And that's what I would want out of a Pilsner. Like when the weather turns warm, sure. I would buy a case of Pilsner. It's cheaper so, than air conditioning. <laughs> so say you're coming up with like, you know, a barbecue. It's like, okay, six pack of Pilsner. Here we go. Let's drink. That's my new, that's as committed as I get. Is now that you can actually find six packs of things, I'll take a six pack of something that I really mm -hmm. enjoy. Which is, um, Berlin was venting about the new four pack becoming so common he's like if you're going it's kind of interesting and trying mm. to you know share with people four is never quite enough well and i think it's interesting you know the yingling lager case it doesn't even have like it doesn't have six packs in it it's a case and there's 24 little slots in the box <laughs> 
Uh, and a lot of beers used to be that way, at least in Pennsylvania, at least as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And then there used to be, you know, you'd open them up and you'd see four six packs. And now there's all these four packs in there. And it's just like, I like it with the Bourbon County, actually, because it makes me drink instead of two six packs, I'll drink two four packs and then I'll save the rest. <laughs> uh, but other than that one, I'm a little, I don't know. I agree with Verlin, I guess. I feel like that's part of the reason I don't buy beer in Pennsylvania, or I try not to, because it's either like you have to buy an entire case and commit, like you said, like you're wary of, or you go to a bottle shop and buy a four pack for 16, 18, 20 dollars. Almost the price that you like, can get a case of some that's beers outrageous. for. Yeah. yeah. So you guys like to tease me about New Jersey, but that's one thing we got going for us, at least. <laughs> well, and now I learn, now that I don't live in a more beer accessible state anymore i do appreciate that total wine still lets you do the ordering so i can go pick it up like if i know i'm gonna be you mm -hmm. know in delaware or maryland or something Make i can still put stock. in my order know exactly what's in you know in stock <laughs> and it'll just be waiting there for me and it's it's awesome i can just see you guys leaving the house like oh did you put the beer order in <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, was, we've done that yeah and one time we didn't <laughs> one time when i showed up and i was like hey you know here's my slip and they said, oh, we didn't think we had any online orders. Well, that time, I think it was like 12 cases. Shit. And they, they, yeah, the, the man behind the counter, his face was like, oh, no, no, no. She's, you know, they probably figured I was like a distributor coming to get my beer. They're something. like, there's a pallet in the back. Did you just say you don't buy cases because you can't commit? <laughs> but you went and bought 12 of them. That's a pretty big commitment. We were having an event. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't for my personal, Yeah. When you're when you're keeping hundreds of people well plied with it was beer for for business, not personal consumption. As it I'm certain. Yeah. <laughs> Cal knows how malleable that line can be. You know, it, you guys have a good business that uh, that works well towards that end. You know, sure does. <laughs> we met some great guys last night in Linglestown, which is a place we just learned. <laughs> I was like, where were we last night? What happened? <laughs> Um, they were some of the most beer curious people I feel like I've met in a long time in terms of they were very open-minded, willing to try, but had some strong opinions. Like when I was talking to, it was uh, like 60th birthday party, maybe. How old do you think she was? I don't know. Kathy, you didn't look a day over 50. I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, um, she, we had a great conversation on the phone for like 15 minutes that was just her going over her entire family and what beer styles they like, which was really neat for me because I knew we were walking into a place that was really receptive. Um, but then... So this was for an event? Yes. Okay, got it. it really, I, I really meant it when I said those beers were for business, not pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I believed you. <laughs> um, then I took sort of everything she said and threw it threw out. Threw it out the window. Yeah, with the exception of she, she <coughs> said that porter was her favorite, so we had a dessert porter, or a porter with dessert, rephrase. Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, I listened to what they the prefer theme. and then challenged their thoughts on things, if that makes sense. Well, it was great. The first beer we served was the uh, Ballast Point Sculpin, mm -hmm. and everyone was just like, wow. Wow. And we, we followed it up with La Fin du Monde. Okay. And the guy at the head of the table who seemed to be like the most beer versed of all of them said, I don't know what's coming next, but they can't be better than the first two. And that was kind of cool. You might have been right at that point. but <laughs> <laughs> So. All right. And we are definitely moving slowly through our pills. Yeah. Let me ask you guys another question about German beers then in general. Because you seem to have an idea of like what you're looking for something 
you know, esoteric that's really going to, like, take you off the map. Where do your tastes lie? Like, do you like German beers? Do you not like We enjoy, beers? Like, like, Schneider, Reventinas. Okay. Um, like- Stefan or Hefeweizen is really uh-huh. nice. Uh, then those are both great for, you know, a sessionable hot day, barbecue beer. I think they'd be, you know, Now, great I feel like for. you've told me you don't care for Oktoberfest beers. Oh, no. God, I hate them. You hate Oktoberfest. No. Do you like them? I like, I like them. I can yeah. do a Would decent... you, like, go out and order one? I would. I wow. would. There's some that are really fantastic. I just think German beer, it's not exciting. Now, what do you mean by fantastic? Because I... <laughs> no, no, no. This is a serious question. <laughs> Like and this is actually the, the I made us do an Oktoberfest podcast the first year around, which was two years ago. We skipped this year because we all hated the Oktoberfest so much. But my point was, look, guys, there's got to be an Oktoberfest out there that is, at the very least, a great representation of what an Oktoberfest beer is. Mm-hmm. So that would be a fantastic Oktoberfest. Just because we don't like it personally doesn't mean that it's not a good example of that beer or mm-hmm. well done. We just don't happen to like that flavor. It's very, very static for me. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I I'll made the do point. I don't like that as a much. really good Marzen, like, once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was do... the other one we did? It was a, uh, the sick, like, a fall. The uh, sickle, sickle inside yeah. from Omegang was our favorite. A harvest beer, I guess. Yeah, and even it. then it wasn't technically an Oktoberfest. It was more like just a harvest a fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I do. I like Dunkles a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Hefeweizen's. I just... I like the cloudy, unfiltered, like, weediness. Yeah. But there's just no lager that's going to excite me ever. Um, Pilsner doesn't do it for me. It's. Eh. I just feel like that's the thing. Like, you know, especially in Philadelphia, being in a city that has such access to, like, amazing, like, a plethora of, like, crazy beers. Everything you can think of. Sour beers, beers with anything that you can add to them, whether it be fruit or, you know, donuts or chocolate, whatever that girl scout cookies your your palate becomes so like enamored with these kinds of things that you forget you know maybe not forget but you stray away from the things like the basics right and that's what and they're all built off of these and that's where yeah german beer is like the founding like building blocks for all types of different beer styles so i'll i'll probably get a lot of flack for this but i've never been a fan of the beatles and everyone gets mm-hmm. in my case about that. And they're if like, this were a podcast with me and Jason, we would go here, here. But that means that we're just on everyone's case. Everyone now. Hates okay, us. Anyway. They're all going to stop listening to us. But while I don't particularly like the Beatles or seek them out, you, I recognize that understand. they made a huge change yes. in the music industry. And I like a lot of stuff that has come out of that. So, yes, they were the building block for all the music <laughs> that I now listen to. I don't listen to the Beatles. If they come on the radio, Maybe I'll suffer through a song. If it's like a Beatles rock block, I'm going to change the channel. That bad, huh? Suffer through? I will allow it to happen. (laughs) That's a nicer way to put it. a little bit like today I met with a brewer from Cadiz. And I tried one of her beers. It's called Catal, I think. I'm not sure. I know enough Spanish to, you know, say where's the bathroom. It doesn't sound very Spanish. K-E-T-T-E-L, something like that. Um, one of the Kettle. beers Kettle. that she offered was um, a porter. <laughs> it was a really good, solid porter. It's 4.9%. You know how I feel about porter versus how you feel about porter. The guy I was with just kept saying, there's no body, there's no head. It's just really... And I said, no, you're thinking about like thick, imperial, mm-hmm. and they're great. 
mm-hmm. know, but this is a true porter. This is what the style is. Now we're pushing porters to the point where they're almost stouts, and right. that's not what they were They've made gone to so be. so far with porter. And they're closer, I think, in a lot of regards to like a brown owl. Yes, they really are. Which is part of the reason of why I also have some issue with them. It's like the traditional porter is closer to a brown owl. I'm not a huge fan of the brown owls. They're a little, they're sweet, whatever. And I always say I prefer a stout because the stout does have that meaty body. It's got that punch. It's got, you know, especially the, the Russian imperial stouts. It's just like, oh, yes, this is what I want to drink. And then you start a bourbon barrel aging them and stuff. And yeah, yeah, we've gone crazy with beer. Mm-hmm. And but your I, idea of a good beer becomes something that's like crazy, like bourbon barrel age with Britannomyces right. and, you know, some yeast from a, a, you know, maybe Belgian yeast thrown in. And this is why you're paying $11 a glass because you <laughs> have to, you know. I had that crazy uh, McKellar Prairie beer the other day. I don't remember what it was mm-hmm. called. But American like, style. Yeah, it's a it's an IPA with like Britannomyces in it, basically. And it's like, this is bizarre. Yeah. I liked it, though. Yeah. I like, you know, and it, if it if it awakens my palate, if it makes me th- say like, oh, great, I, I enjoy this. I look forward to the next sip. I don't really look forward to the next sip of a, of a Pilsner. I kind of let it sit there and be like, well, I guess I got to finish this so we can crack Get this on, next, the one. next one. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys cook at your beer dinner the other night that you, that you were just telling me about? It was a six-course meal. Okay. Um, we go kind of all over the place. Right. We started with caprese skewers and a beet goat cheese crostini. With a little sea salt and honey sprinkled on top. Then we did a Belgian uh, ale poached shrimp yum. in a saffron cream sauce with asparagus. Yeah. Then uh, it was... Salad after that? Yes. The McCafferty signature salad, which the one guy could not get... He's like... I can't believe that the highlight of my night was that salad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good salad. It's really simple, though. <laughs> it really, like, I make it out. Last time I threw a dinner party for myself, someone messaged me the next day and said, I need the recipe for that salad. It was so good. Yeah, it's basically like arugula, gorgonzola, pear. Caramelized uh, walnuts, cranberries, and a champagne vinaigrette. That sounds beautiful. It is awesome. It's like, it's just every flavor that you would want. And especially if you add like a little uh, spice to the pecans, then you got like the spicy, you've got the, the tang from the cheese, you've got the sweet from the cranberry, and then you've got this like delicious champagne pear vinaigrette that you drizzle on top. And if you have a perfectly sliced ripe pear, and then you have the pepper from the arugula, it's just like... So you have the, do you have the ingredients to make one of these in your apartment? Uh, can we, can do, we change this not. over to a dinner podcast? Is that possible? Excuse so, us while all we... Right. My point is... You know, sometimes you need a six-course dinner with um, Belgian beer, poached shrimp, and the McCafferty salad. And sometimes, and sometimes you, need a, you need a steak and vegetables and bread and cheese. You sure. Know? There's a, a difference, but both suit their purposes. And I think you guys understand that. I'm not, not to say you guys right. don't realize We're not denying that. the power of a Pilsner or that, you know, they're selling millions of barrels of it a year. So, mm-hmm. like, clearly we're... If not in the minority, there's at least plenty of people out there who think differently. Yeah. And if you love Pilsners, good for you. Keep drinking them because that's all we say is drink what you like. I would Absolutely. say this is definitely in the top three Pilsners I've ever had. I would agree. And, and I think my, it's, like, this Pilsner. Yes. it's also the least Pilsnery right. Pilsner exactly. yeah. probably now, had. That, that, I spent, your answer. I spent three weeks in Canada and in Ontario, all they make is Pilsner. Mm-hmm. So I probably had 20 Pilsners that week looking for one that had flavor. This one's super sweet too, though. It is. It is sweet. It's very sweet. It's too sweet. <laughs> it's almost this like, is honey. like this is like I would say, in contrast, bottom three pilsners. I've okay. Ever had. <laughs> there you don't, go. I don't care for this beer. 
when I want a Pilsner, I want that crisp, like snappy hops, the earthy, aromatic German hops that you get. I want it to be clear and easy drinking, and I don't want to drink a bottle of it at nine point whatever percent and be asleep on the couch afterwards. Sure. And for myself, you know... Naps it, are good. Pilsners aren't... <laughs> oh, I recognize them as being refreshing, but... I've, I've been into your establishment many days after, you know, working 16 hours, and I'm tired. I haven't had anything to drink. Like, I've had coffee that morning. I haven't had water. I haven't, I'm, like, parched. <laughs> I go in there. I'll sit down, and I want, like, a, a Saison DuPont or a Petrus because that, to me, is that crisp, refreshing, mm-hmm. like, wake me up. And while I'm waiting for them to pour it, which takes all of, like, 30 seconds, I'll, like, tank two glasses of water, and then I'll drink that and just be like, Oh, God, I feel so much better right now. Maybe that's part of it. When we're doing these beer dinners, I'm always in, like, a cocktail dress and heels. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, hour seven in heels and loading and unloading the car with all the equipment and everything, I need a good 9% beer to remind me, like... That I don't actually hate my joints as much as I. That's think that's a good that point. Is that you don't sometimes you don't want to session beers to get to a point where you can have that little bit of relaxation you might be looking for, you know, one beer that's nine ten percent can do the trick, and you're able to lean back and put your head hands behind your head and just say, oh, that's right where. That I feels well, especially good. if you know you're going to be asleep <laughs> in like twenty minutes because you got to be up at four thirty the next day. It's like my dram of scotch sometimes. <laughs> this smells awesome. So, Ian, what can you tell us about what you're pouring now? Uh, this is a. Uh, Epic Brewing, which we featured at least on two different occasions now. This will be our third, I believe. Uh, And this is, again, their Exponential series, which I think is also the only ones we've ever featured uh, because they're from Utah, if I remember correctly. So we've got two Utah beers coming up here. I assure you that was an accident. (laughs) Um, May I ask what two beers you featured previously? Because I've had a couple of the Epic beers. One was super black. It was a stout. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's very helpful. <laughs> uh, I just re- I remember the body and the color in the glass more than the flavor, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we will get back to you on that. Okay. Um, in a text message three days they, from yeah. now. I've had a couple of their beers before, from only from the Exponential series. Now, I think this is the first collaboration beer that we've had at their Exponential that series. That I believe, yes. I've never seen this one before. I've seen a couple of them. I had the Brainless Raspberries. That I thought was wow, delicious. Wow, you're going to love the smell of this. Oh, yeah. It I like great. this, because again, a very subtle but delectable bottle art here. It's Elder Brett, and there is clearly like a Mormon-esque character on the front wearing a, a tie and a bicycle helmet <laughs> <laughs> and a little name tag that probably says, Hi, my name is Elder Brett. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Um, we've talked about before how there were, up until very recently, a lot of stringent rules in Utah about the ABV that they could yes. brew to. And this is one of the first companies that, as soon as that ban was lifted, they were like, crank it up. So that ban so is no longer in, in effect. Uh, I, be- I mean, there's clearly ways around it, at least. Okay. This comes in at 9.1%, and it used to be 4, 6, I think. And the, te- and the technical... ABV, or I'm sorry, in the technical style of this particular beer, the Elder uh, Brett? It is Saison Brett Golden Ale. See, all of those words so sounded I'm gonna guess, springy to me. I'm going to say it's a Saison with, Golden. I'm going to say Brettanomyces, possibly, mm-hmm. right? Um, without knowing really anything about it. It's a malt beverage aged in wine barrels. Oh, uh, it smells sour. Is described as a golden ale. So it sounds like a lot of things that actually I would, I would like. I like the sound of it. I like the smell of it. Even and you said you've not had this one. This one I have not. I've so never seen it be... before either. Do you like sours, Cal? I love sour beer. Yeah. 
She does I, not. I like sour beer I'm a lot. Coming around. Oh um, wow, that smells amazing. <laughs> anything, anything with a little bit of funk. So as like even from like a saison Dupont all the way to like a classic Guz or even like the Russian River beers that are sour. Oh, they're so. Those like my mouth is watering just thinking about is it. Is that what I was it at? Teresa's the other day. What did I have that you took one sip and said, "Oh, that's funky." No, that was a new one. Not we've never had anything like that. It smelled like and and sounded like it was going to be super sour and mm-hmm. and you had it, that. Was like, it the Nogni Triple Tiger? No. Oh. <laughs> Definitely not. We'll have to get back to you on that one too. Sorry, folks. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got to take better notes. You need to do you guys, nap. Do you guys like write down the stuff that you're like, oh, we'll get back to you, and like actually no. get back, or is this like, I'm. We'll get back to you. Moving on. Actually, I see a a dry erase marker over there where's your where's your whiteboard cal if you look uh down and to your right there should be a little whiteboard there we'll take notes boom take some notes this is gonna be the most excellent uh so Teresa's beer and other two epics epics all right cal i i'm gonna we will get back to you now jump two feet into this and ask the question and i'm not even sure i know this story but you this. promised me oh yeah that how you were going to tell Kyle? us how you met ian the first the time you the met story ian. Of just tell us about when i've met about ian. the meeting it's a good one and i think ian likes it too because it's i it, do like we, it. we had an up and down relationship to start <laughs> um mostly rocky. mostly he was up and he i wouldn't was return, down he wouldn't return my phone calls <laughs> <laughs> you know I was, he was playing i was playing hard to get um so I work at a, at a um, you guys probably know, and listeners of the podcast probably know, a wine bar called Tria that actually has a fantastic beer list. One of the best in the city. Thank you very much. This is often... Touted. Yeah, not just by me, though, by, like, people that actually know stuff. For a while, we actually called it the four-letter word we weren't allowed to say during the podcast because it became an we hour... We said it too often. It became an hour-long advertisement for Tria. <laughs> so you're here, and we're saying it all over the place. So but. I'm... I'm I'm glad you guys show so much affection for Tria. I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, it's good for us. Should I? Should I like to? See, your listeners probably know about Tria. Yeah, okay. they have a pretty good idea. I don't but I would to, love uh, to hear your to, take on it. Well, since uh, you know, spend here's, here's my plug. Tria is a wine, beer, and cheese bar. We focus on fermentation. Um, we have two restaurants in Center City that are Tria cafes. They're more of a wine-focused establishment. And we opened a new restaurant called Tria Tap Room, which is more focused on beer, although they sell tons of wine as well. Tria Tap Room, everything's on draft. There's no, no bottles. bottles. There's no crazy. bottles. Beautiful marble They're, backsplash. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And um, the owners of the restaurant, what's, re- what's really cool about working there is that the two owners, managing partners of the restaurant, are passionate about what we offer. The one of them is a beer nerd. The other one is a wine geek. And... It makes it so easy to work there. Were they friends before they decided to open a business together? Or I, like somebody hooked them up? I think um, they were or are they involved enemies? in business together. Um, I think the wine partner um, was actually not a partner to begin with. He actually worked for the restaurant and helped manage the restaurant. Um, so anyway, it makes it really easy to work there because they find products for us. Um, as you guys recognize, having been probably some of our best regulars <laughs> that are so good and so fantastic. It's so fun to just come into work and talk about good wine, good beer, good cheese. It makes it really a joy. So anyways, that's it with my plug. Tria Cafe, that's it. <laughs> so Ian is a regular at Tria. I've been working there for about four years. At the time I met him, I was probably about a year, maybe a little bit more in. And um, I started at Tria running food 
and busing tables and Ian would come in on Sundays. We do a, a bit called Sunday School. It's a promotion. We offer everything, a wine, beer, and a cheese for a discount. And Ian would come in in the middle of a busy Sunday. He'd start with two people, then it'd be like four people, <laughs> then it'd be like 10 people, then it'd be like six people, and then it'd be like 13 people. And the restaurant I was working at, I would see him at a lot of the time, was the one in Rittenhouse Square, which is smaller. And a restaurant like that can get a little, a little crowded when you have a party that's going from 4 to 10 to 13. So that was like, you know, it would be like, oh, this guy Ian, like, here we go again. So then... For every week. Even, you should bring week. your own chair if you're going to do that. <laughs> so, you know, and it I, just keeps you know, coming I, was, back. I was young and, and may not have recognized the value of having someone who is... Um, you know, I like to call people like Ian and yourself, Shannon. You guys aren't just guests. You aren't regulars. You're advocates of TRIA. You bring people in who um, may not have ever thought of TRIA before. You go out and talk to people about TRIA when you're not there. You talk about it on your podcast. So you guys are even more valuable. You know, advocates are even more valuable than regulars. And maybe I didn't recognize that. But anyways, um, the story goes... He's management now. The story yeah, right. goes... He's learned his line. I started, to get, I started to get involved in management a little bit. And Ian would come in with his bit. And he's Ian. And he wears a suit. <laughs> and he comes in with his friends. And it's a beautiful Sunday. And it's just like, oh my god, this, who is this guy? I, di I didn't take the time to get to know him. And I was just like shaking my head like, oh my god. Here we go again. I don't know again. the last time anyone did Here an impression Ian. of you. That was oh, awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's the best. He's even better in person. No impression can do him justice. So he would come in with all these people, and he'd be wearing like some silly like bowler hat or fedora and a tie. Or a sword. And he was always, always on point. And everybody would dress up, and I'd just be like, all right, here we go. Let's do this. So quiet about the sword. I'm going to get to that part. Um, you know, and then and then Valentine's Day rolls around. He's got flowers for everybody. He brings everybody flowers in the restaurant. And it's just like, what is this guy Ian doing? Then he started up this shtick um, that kind of drove one of our managers a little crazy. And this is like, this was a close call because we it didn't, we didn't go, do a great job on handling this. But Ian did this thing called truffle bombing. We have a dish called the truffled egg toast, which Ian is a huge fan of. It's the best dish um, on the it's menu. It's a great dish. And what he was doing is asking his server to send a truffled egg toast to somebody in the restaurant and not tell them who it's from and just ask them to pay it for it. So then it would become, you know, it became Ian was sending a truffled egg toast to one person who'd send it to another person who would send another one to another person <laughs> and then another one to another person across the restaurant and keeping track of this kind of it's thing. It's like you know, a toast for all my egg, friends. Egg toast for everybody and just like everybody's buying each other egg toast. Nobody knows where it's coming from. It's absolute chaos. That so is, I never thought of it from that. Th I didn't think that I they mean, did I knew pay it from it that perspective. It, it, I do it understand came, that. It came from a good place. You know, paying it forward is, is a value that I really do appreciate. You know, when somebody does something nice for you. And something unexpected. And you don't, you don't I need mean, to I pay was, them back, but pay it forward. It's just a billing nightmare. I was really looking for nothing in return. <laughs> so anyway, this manager shut down the um, truffle bomb. And, and not too subtly. I either. helped enforce it too, and it was just like Ian, that's it, no more <laughs> truffle bombing. So Ian came back around to Tria. He was he was a little put off, as I I could understand, and he came back around and was doing the same thing. Everybody was coming in, and finally I was like, you know what? I wasn't truffle bombing. I was anymore. like, this guy Ian, I have a like, truffle bomb. everybody likes him except for me. I don't know why I have this stick up my butt. Um, maybe I need to try to get to know him <laughs> a little bit. So I talked him up and realized, like, this is just a guy who likes to come out and wear suits and be hilarious and drink good beer. And 
you know, you be, you go up to Ian and he'll be like, you'll be like, Ian, you know, may I offer you another beverage? And I'll just be like, sure. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Thanks. And he's like, pick something. I don't care. And at first you're just like, uh, oh crap. Like, Everything I've read says that the server slash bartender hate that. hates that. <laughs> so we felt, we used to love that. And now I feel like a little bit of a jerk. Every I mean, time at, I at our restaurant, it's fun. Be, well, once you get to know Ian, you know that you can't pick wrong. And even well, and if I you think, do, I he's that's not going to complain. Hate be, it. Yes, that's the thing. Is and like, I understand it from that perspective, but literally if I'm asking you to pick something, if you pick me something I hate, that's my fault. But there's there's a lot of people that will go, not maybe not a lot, but there's a certain type of person who will go in and be like, oh, like, bartender's choice, pick whatever. And right, then you what pick you something like? and they're like, this is terrible. I don't really like this. This isn't to my taste. You know, like, what am right. I supposed to read your mind? <laughs> right. But Ian literally is the kind of person who will, Take whatever you give him and appreciate it. And whether it's a pilsner that he doesn't love exactly. or a sour Britannomyces golden saison that he's crazy about, he will drink it, he will enjoy it, and he will thank you for it. So, all right, let me, I'll wrap up the story so we can talk about the beer. The last thing is I got to know Ian a little bit, and I was like, Ian, like, why do you always wear suits all the time? He was like, you know what? One day I just woke up and I had all these nice clothes in my closet, uh, all these nice outfits in my closet, and I was just like, I'm going to dress nicer. And every day since then, he was wearing a suit. I was just like, this guy is so far out and so <laughs> off his rocker. Like, he's nothing but hilarious. Finally, the final straw, with, <laughs> which really turned me. And from, like, being, like, an Ian hater to a total, like, I freaking love this now guy. Now who's the advocate, Cal? And, you know, I'm an Ian advocate. I, I always, I'm like, that's Ian. Take good care of him. He came in. He's with everybody. They're having a good time. I don't know what he did, but like he walked out of the restaurant and then he comes back and he's brandishing like a three foot sword in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You can't come into the middle of a restaurant with a four foot sword. I and I was like, anywhere else it to just put got it. Bigger. I was just like, Ian, that's it. Get out. Like, you can't have this in here. And, it, you know, he, he joked about it and just was like, I want to show off my sword just a little bit. We let him do it. And that was that. That's the story. What was the occasion? Why did you have a sword? Uh, <laughs> so it was a Sunday school, and it was a, a kind of a final farewell to some friends that were actually up and moving to Florida. So they were cleaning out their apartment, and they, they found this sword, and they Makes were like, sense. I don't know anyone that would appreciate this more than you. I've seen that sword. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so they're like, we have something for you. Let us know when you're doing Sunday school before we leave. You know, <laughs> we want to be there. And so they left, and they're like, we're going to text you in a second. It's in the car. And I was like, I have no idea what they're bringing okay, me or that's why. That's how it happens. And so I go outside, and they pop the trunk, and they just pull out the sword. And I'm just like, this is perfect. <laughs> and then I turn around, and I'm like, i got to go back inside with this. There's only one way to walk into a place with a sword, and it's like, like you own it. Uh, so I did my best to be like, what? There's nothing unnatural about me carrying a sword exactly. in here? And it was like, and, and, it was, and my reaction I was, was like, it. no, you can't have a sword in here. You should leave. <laughs> you need like a concealed carry Mary never let, made me leave my sword. Well, that's a different story altogether. She was very chill. I hung, I hung my... Uh, chill is one way to put it. That's, Mary's very chill. Totally chill. I came in with... Uh, I was I doing a play Mary. one time, and I had my rapier and dagger in the sheaths and on the belt, and I just hung it on the hook at the bar. Nice. <laughs> See, that's, that's okay. That's respectable. But I if know. you took your sheet, your... What did you say? Rapier? Rapier. Yeah. Rapier, rapier and dagger. And whipped it around the bar like you did the three-foot sword. I did not swing the sword in the bar. The way I You're remember it, you ordered a beer, and when the beer was delivered, you chopped the beer with the sword. <laughs> And I said, would, that's what I think of your, of your pills, pills there. <laughs> now fetch me another. So, 
thank you for letting me tell my story. I had never I, heard that story. I, I, That's I love to tell awesome. that story because me and Ian had a little like you know it's a little it was a little rough to start, but now I think we have no, a pretty good. No relationship. offense, Gal, because you're a great guy, but you're a guy. Ian and the ladies, man, Ian, it just kind of rolls. I don't know what he you just does, had, but you guys had to work through it. You know, you had to find your happy place. <laughs> and, and I see that a little bit. Everyone, you know, people look at to come around. Who to is you. this guy? You know, what is he doing? Coming in here, charming all the girls. Who does he think he is? The professor. So let's talk about this beer a little bit. I love this I beer. I love it. It's good. I really like this yeah. beer. It's even sour and Well I love done, it. Epic. This is, I would say, since the other two did not stand out to me, this is clearly my favorite of the Epics. <laughs> right. It's it's tart, but without being... It's not off-puttingly sour. It's, not, it's not even sour. It's not. No. It's refreshing. Tart. It's a little tart. Tart, tart hits My it. first sip, I was actually a little disappointed because of the smell coming off of it. I was the like, this is going to be outrageous. The smell is beautiful. And it was just kind of eh, but you that was that, just because I was expecting something different. You I definitely have a feeling, get that funk on the nose. I'm sorry. It's almost a little lemon. Yeah. That's, I thought about it as like, this is a true hard lemonade. You know, forget Mike's. This is truly like... It's like lemon and lemon rind and... Higher ABV, too, and less sugar. True. I was thinking, like, like crisp green apple to start, but once you said lemon, it's, like, like a little bit, like... Especially like, on the exhale, I find yeah, it. Yeah. Lemon and, like, sugar. Like, candied lemon peel. Mm. It's delicious. Yes. I really like this beer a lot. The ABV is pretty high, too, right? Oh, yeah. Epic, 9-1. Epic levels. I've So, we went to Tallulah's Table on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And one Such of a the, shame you couldn't be there. You would have loved it um, until we left because there was this epic, dare I say, uh, thunderstorm outside because it went from being like 70 during the day to 20 at night. And the time in which we were in Tallulah's is when this all unfolded. So we were a little damp getting in. And by the time we left, it was just blustery and cold and awful. Yeah. But one of the, they served a cheese course before dessert. And one of the cheeses, they put a candied orange rind mm. on the cheese. It was exquisite. Like, it was really just nice. so good. So when you say, like, a candied lemon, oh, yes. I can and it was like it. a, it wasn't a blue, but it was something that had that kind of funk to it. Okay. But it was like, so it was like a funky. Was it Pungent. a wash rind cheese? or It was, actually. Okay. It had that kind of, like, ashy, uh, it was like an ashy rind on it. So it was a goat's milk cheese. Perhaps. Was it, like, ashy rind and, like, white in the middle? Yeah, yes. but it also had like flecks of blue in the middle too. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. We just ate the last piece. Like a hybrid. Cheese. There was actually two extra meals because two people couldn't show up last minute, but we had to buy them anyhow. So we brought them home and had them for lunch. <laughs> Sounds like a good little it really leftover, <laughs> leftover pack. It Eat was until none of those three days bag. later. <laughs> it's like, how do you feel about a little pork belly tile fish and scallop today? Yeah, feel good about so that. So have you done any aged beers on your podcast yet? Uh, well, how do you mean by aged beers? You know, like vintage beers. Give us an example. An example would be like, you know, we were talking about the Firestone beers. Like, have you done like a a beer from a couple of years ago that you've set down to age? Um, we, well, we bought a case of, uh, the Dogfish 120 Mm -hmm. three years ago now. I think I listened to that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And so we drink one every year on my birthday and, uh, kind of see how that ages. We also age Mad Elf. Mad Elf. Mm -hmm. Um... Which I was told, like, up to five years. I feel like two to three is really its uh, optimum. Okay. Uh, and I need to start I recycling have, my Mad Elf in that case. I do have two cases of the Bourbon County. I, I only mm-hmm. just started to age stuff, and it's hard to find age stuff that people are willing to part with. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yes, in the future we'll certainly have some aged podcasts. It's really funny the way that works. It's like you buy this beer to drink, and then it's like you set it down to age, and then you're always like, at least for me, because I do have some beers at home. It's like, is now the right time to drink this? Like I don't know. Like I'm waiting for the special occasion. Well, and it's I think just like drink some beer. That's you know? why I think that uh, that cases are great. Yeah. Because if I can get, I got it. For the past two years, I've been able to manage uh, a case of the Bourbon County Bourbon, Carol- Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll drink two four-packs of it, and then I'll put the rest away. Yeah. And also, it helps that I store them at my folks' place in their basement, because uh, if it was at my <laughs> out apartment- Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. If it was at my apartment, I would be like, guys, guys, we're all sitting here. There's this beer. I really want you to try it. It's really good. Let me just go open like, like four of them. Let's see how this tastes two weeks old yeah. compared <laughs> to one week old. Yeah. Uh, and I've also got- I don't know, uh, a case of the Firestone 16 and mm-hmm. the uh, 2012 Succuba. So. Mm. Now, I was at a bar, and I cannot now for the life of me remember the name, up near Montgomeryville. Top off there if you'd like. How about a you? Bit left. You finished this off pretty quickly. You must have enjoyed it. <sighs> it was, it had, I'm good, thank you. Um, you're the mistress. You're the, you're the guest, Cal. Enjoy some of that. I'll have a Saison type deliciousness. So my thinking was, you know, I wonder how this beer would age. And I think it would age well. It's you think it would age it. like a nice, like, can, uh, can Yeah. I wouldn't put it on the same level as a Cantillon. Cantillon but, is like the Mount But like a, as a nice goose or something yeah, like that. You I th- think it would I age think, up I well? I think it would. Because the Saison part of it to me reads that it wouldn't age well. But at 9%, mm-hmm. you should be okay. That booze is going to hold over. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that Britannum, if... Assuming that yeah, by Saison Brett, they mean it anywhere, has Britannomyces. That's what it, I understand. That'll it tastes like it does. Yeah, yes. that would continue oh, yes. to develop some really This is definitely more sour really than the barrel-soured pomegranate wheat we had last week, which was still a very nice... I just There was a lot about that beer I enjoyed, um, but this, to me, if you said, one of these is a sour, I would pick this out instead. Yeah. Um, so well, I d- think there's a big difference between sours and funk. For sure. And I think, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is definitely very funky. Yes. It is. But just with that tart finish. I think so that's with some I'm... age, you would start to see a little bit of sourness to it. I'd be done with that. Yeah. I want to finish Can we get my more story. Of this? Can I finish my story? I got yeah. it in Virginia. So send me home with the bottle, and I'll check Total Wine, and I can just buy some next time I'm down. Um, so I was at this bar in Montgomeryville, and you would have appreciated that they've got the nice, like, 360 bar. And they have like 20 different taps and a wall of refrigerators. It's kind of like a sports bar, but a sports bar that actually appreciates beer instead of just... I think that's a new theme, though. I think it's getting bigger and bigger, and I love yeah. it. There's... Well, it's a Pennsylvania thing. I mean, or at be. least it's a Philadelphia thing, I should say. On the way to the bathroom... I mean, Jose's is kind of a sports bar at this point. That, which is crazy <laughs> to me. I can't even process that. But... Especially considering they open with no TV. <laughs> On the way to the bathroom, there's like this little door. I would call it like a Harry Potter door. Like you expect it to be like under the stairway or something. And in the door, there's maybe like a one foot by eight inch piece of glass. And it says, just on a like printed from your laptop sign, shh, this beer is aging. And you look in and there's like low light and you see these cases of like the Bourbon County and the Succuba and like That's this excellent. awesome beer. That's and I'm like, cool. I would you love tell me when to come like back that. so I can drink that beer? <laughs> like it was, it was the Narnia of aged beer. I'll it be looked quiet so if you share awesome. your beer with me. <laughs> it looked really, and I thought it was a fun thing because anyone who walks by there is going to have to be like, wait, what? It was, what is this madness? Yeah. 
That's cool. I like that. And I love, I love that people are aging beer now. And I really, I, for like three years now, I've been trying to get a, just a case of 1050, which isn't hard to get, but it's kind of expensive. It's it is. very expensive. I was going to say, I saw yeah. one um, on Tuesday, but it was 90 bucks. Yeah. yeah. That seems to be like the going rate for it. It's like $14. But I would love to pack drink one of even those. Even as cheap as I've found it. Yeah. I'd love to drink one of those in five to 10 years though. Probably I still have four at home. I know. I have four at home that are a year old, so what, do you just want to take them and only... Like, no, nah, I want to get years? a whole case because I like to see... You do, I want to be huh? able to test it. Well, let me ask you. You have, obviously, a collection at your parents' house that you mentioned. I won't give you their address. I don't know <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you have any, like, a collection of beer, Shannon. That seems to be, like, a beer nerd type of thing to do. Collection of beer. Is there anything... Do, I'm sorry. Do you have a collection? A beer collection? She's got more of a beer stash. Beer I, really I stash. think the stash not really aging stash works. The only thing I have is our 120 and like three cases of Mad Elf over three different years. Okay. That's really the only things. And the truth is now I wouldn't do that anymore. Um, I didn't like this year's Mad Elf, so I didn't buy any because I didn't want to age it. Um, and if I would moving forward, it would all be the darker stuff. Like I tried to get my hands on the new bourbon counties, like the barley wines and the what was the other one? Yeah, there's a um, barley wine and a... It, I don't know. They all sounded delicious. You know, I tried to get... I would Bourbon only County. probably... Yeah. yeah. I would probably only do that from now on mm-hmm. with either the darker stuff or the stuff that already started in a barrel-aged format. Um, but no, I, do, I have like an amazing stash, stash of beer. Interestingly, like all over my house, it's kind of like a process. It's maybe an inventory first in, last out situation of, oh, if it's well, that's... ready to drink, it's in this cabinet, but if not, then it's in this stairwell and then it's in this, you know, that's shelf. That's fun because then you don't have to wait. You know, it's not like, like, I feel like, all right, I have a beer collection and it's kind of like, like, when should I drink this beer? Like, I don't know. Is tonight the right night? Like, is this going to be the the people I want to drink it with? And it's just kind of like, you have some beer and it's like, let's drink it. Let's enjoy it. But my question for Ian was going to be, is there anything in particular in your collection that you're looking forward to? Uh, so we have a home brewer friend named Verlin who we mentioned earlier. Uh, that was going to be my answer That's too. A good uh, answer. And he made some barley wines, and they were made with like entire bottles of bourbon in them, <laughs> uh, as well cool. as just like they were amazing. That's crazy. When they, they were aged for what six months when we tried them, they were like barrel aged for six months. Okay, right, and they weren't like with harsh bourbon, rate. actual bourbon in, in a the bourbon, brew in a barrel. Right, they got a barrel. They got a barrel, Jesus. yeah. But then Christmas. when they were tasting and deciding what to do, they poured in. And a it was of it was bourbon. kind of like a uh, a competition. They're, they're part of a, a brew club. Okay, it was and a so everyone, That's yeah, really everyone cool. kind of brewed their like best version of it, and then they picked the best. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. I, as I understood it, they did a taste test of everyone. They all tried the same recipe. Right. And as long as it passed the taste test of, you know, this is good, it's not funky or off, they all poured then their barley Everything wine into, into the big really cool. vat. And then they poured like a bottle of, or at oh, least a wow. bottle. So they did like a collaboration between yeah. the group yes. club. That's awesome. And then they waited six months for it to age in the... And we've got, I think, two or three bottles yeah. that are sitting in my I was going to talk about my favorite beer, but that just... I wouldn't, <laughs> I'm honestly like... Well, now we have to go ahead and skip that. Yeah. I don't know. The Firestone Walker beers I'm really fond of. I have a couple of those. Um, Succuba made my New Year's Eve this year, actually. That was my favorite moment. I managed to nab like a a 12, 13, and a 14. Um, Can we be there for that? That would would be fun. A a little vertical tasting. Yes. That would be fun. I I just like, I I can bring 16. I don't know how 
you know, like, when am I going to drink this? I don't know. It takes me to have a couple beers with people at my house and then just like, all right, you guys want to have some fun? Like, let's break up some cool beer. But the problem is you want the really good ones when you're on a fresh sober. Palate. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to have the food, like the funky food or the a couple other beers on yeah. your palate. So probably what I'm most looking forward to would either be, I ha we have a bottle of Brooklyn Black Ops. That's probably about two years old. Um, and I've had a friend tell me that he drank one like pretty fresh and then like a year old and he's like, you know, it really needs some age. The other one that I'm pretty excited for is kind of weird. It's actually from Cane Brewery, which I believe is out of New Jersey on the shore. Okay. Um, fairly new. They did an anniversary beer called the 365. It's a quad and an imperial stout blended and aged in bourbon barrels. That sounds and delicious. Yeah, being from New Jersey, you know, I have a bias. It does sound delicious. And we're, we have it set down with our other beers that's like, we don't know when we're going to drink them. We'll get around to them eventually. Someday we're just probably going to have a party and just like, I think let's it's drink one of those, all these That's the perfect beers. time to have like the, oh, we're getting a hurricane or a snowstorm or, you know, like invite over a let's few people. Let's put this beer in the fridge. Well, yeah, and, and I drink think... It up. So uh, for my birthday, my sister's got me two really nice bottles of champagne. That's why I didn't want to tell that story. You guys' story was way better. <laughs> no, Your no, guys' no. favorite aged beer. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's great to have those beers, and that is a question that I think we, we probably all suffer with because nobody really knows the optimal date, especially for mm -hmm. these new beers. Is it this year? Is it next? Is it, can, I, can I let it sit for 15? I struggle. And it'll be terrible, but at 20, it'll be amazing again? Like, who knows? I struggle even more so, not like... I don't care when the best time the beer is going to be. It's it's a beer. But it's also it's about be delicious. Like, more. When, who do you share it with? Exactly. When, when is I, the proper event to break out this beer? So Are got, these people going to appreciate it? Two things I want to say about that. One, uh, I got two really nice bottles of champagne for my sisters for my birthday. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't look them up. I don't know if they were like hundred dollar bottles or twenty dollar bottles or whatever. But they're <laughs> apparently, you know, we we had one at Tulula's and I brought it to Tulula's. Awesome. I was going to drink it on the night before when I had a dinner party at my house, uh, but it was not a heavy drinker crew. It wasn't so, even a light drinking crew. Yeah. So the, the champagne never came out, and that was fine. And the next day I was like, well, I didn't use it. Maybe I'll just save it for something special. And I was like, I'm going to Tallulah's table tonight. Like, that's pretty special. Pop I'm, it. I'm sitting at a table with 11 of my, like, very good friends. Yes. And so this brief moment of my brain was just like, yeah, I got to save this for something. And I was like, No. No, this is something. I'm doing a very special event right now. So it's maybe it's like to take the mundane and just be like, you know what? Make this the is mundane special. special because this is special. although not to say Tallulah's is mundane, no, I'm no, just no, thinking but it like is, it was. But we also we were at Tallulah's for no specific reason other than that we happened to get a reservation for that <laughs> evening. Yeah. We weren't celebrating anything. It wasn't you know, it was a rainy, cold night. Um, yeah, make the mundane special by breaking out these it things. It was really, yeah. really good champagne. But what I liked is because they took it and they served it. So I everybody would say, got to have some. Yeah, like maybe 16, 17 people got to try the champagne. Whereas if we were pouring it at a dinner party, It'd you know, like, and everyone oh, starts five. tipping it. So it was more of, we got to share it with more people because, you know, they poured a reasonable size serving. My other end of this story is I had a girlfriend in college who bought me an amazing cigar. Or at least what I imagined to be an amazing cigar. I was smoking cigars at the time. I still do. Um, but I thought, I'm going to save this cigar. I'm going to save this cigar for something awesome. Don't cigars dry out? Well, I had a humidor. Okay. A humidor protects cigars. Of course you did. And I'm Ian. I smoke cigars. I have a humidor. Of course Cal, you're did. Sitting, of course you're, did. you're sitting in the pipe corner I right know, now. I, <laughs> I got him right behind me. 
And Would you so, care for a pipe, dear sir? <laughs> I brought this cigar with me when I went to the winning game of the Philadelphia Phillies World Series uh, at Citizens Bank. There you go. And you can't smoke at the ballpark. And directly after, my father and I, who attended the game together, we went to Jose Pistola's and we got in there. And you can't smoke a cigar in a, in a bar. And I had to work early the next day. So I didn't end up smoking that cigar, and I put it back in my humidor. And then I started to neglect my humidors. And now that cigar is dried out, it is old, it is still in the tube, I've never smoked it. And I'm sure that had I smoked it immediately, it would be way better than if I smoked it today. Yeah. Had I maintained it properly, sure. You know, maybe it would be phenomenal. Maybe people would be like kicking down my door to have this cigar and buy it <laughs> off of me. But Depends, how good of a cigar, girlfriend was she? It's a nice cigar. Wow. Uh, Ian, stamp of approval. Open that new bottle. We're almost out of time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can so wax poetic. Don't wait too long, I guess, is my point. If you wait too long, the moment may be lost. So do and it I mean, for, the Phillies no only win the Make World the Series. Make the mundane special. Yeah. Make the mundane special. It could be a podcast. Your though. girlfriend would agree. In what way? <laughs> Girls are into that stuff. All right, folks. She does like she does like a little something special, special. And what is do we she got here? Means? Is uh, she crazy enough to think that beer is special, special? Because then she's a keeper. This is my my favorite uh, beer name of the evening. It is Virginia's Lickin' Hole Creek Craft <laughs> Brewery. It's a triple ale. That's so awful. Lickin' Hole Creek. <laughs> I can only guess what part of Virginia they're from based um, on that name. I can guess all sorts of parts of Virginia. <laughs> the licking hole part. Yeah. I know that triple. Part might of me wanted be... to start with this one so I could just make fake names up for the other two breweries. I'll tell you, Shannon, you picked some beers. You know, when I said spring, I had a certain like something in mind. You were thinking you were, not, you were thinking like and you just like you just like right? pomegranate. Yeah, totally. That's what? <laughs> pomegranate spring? How does that work together? These three it's beers, fruity, it's while, fresh, I don't know. While not, you know, all they aren't all three of them aren't blowing my mind, but they are What did you say before you wanted to do with the guests who at your beer dinner who had a certain idea? You wanted to challenge some of their perceptions. And that's what these beers are doing. You're doing a really good job by picking these three. You flatter me, Cal. It's Thank really you. Excellent. We've also only been going up in ABV. This was a 9.3. Are you Jeez. kidding? This is awesome. <laughs> Nine nine one nine three. I think this is the only time we've ever kept on the same base number, though. Yeah, three nines. All right, so we started with the Tilted Smile Imperial Pilsner from Uintah. She's kind of a hottie. She is series. kind of a hottie, but yeah. you can't see her face, so maybe not. We went to the Elder Brett from the Epic en- Exponential series, and this is Lickin' Hole Triple A. <laughs> <laughs> the Lickin' Hole Creek. I think he blushed a little. The that three was chopped cute. triple ale. So, uh, smells of, very honey Two of my favorite beer styles are Saison and Triple. Mm-hmm. Like and since I knew I had to open my mind into a Pilsner, <laughs> I thought that I deserved them. Now, that obviously was not a stereotypical Saison by any means. Um, and this t- smells not like any Triple. It smells like a jar of honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It smells like an American brewery trying to do a Belgian Triple. That I it, absolutely... And not an Allagash. It doesn't have the Belgian yeast smell yeah. to it. It's no. it's just like fruity without the depth of a Belgian yeast I smell like that brings that real complexity. Lavender and honey. Yeah. 
is what I smell. Which are not bad flavors. I don't really consider this to be a triple, though. It's a little saccharine-y. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Yeah, the, the, wow. booze, the booze and the body and the flavor are there, but it doesn't marry I feel like together. the booze goes the furthest towards making it a triple. Yeah. And that, like, flavor-wise, because there is a certain boozy flavor to the triples. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lavender and the honey are not... I don't know. This is almost, in some ways, has some of the more stereotypical Saison, like that farmhouse outdoorsy flavors that I'm used to in a Saison, even though it's obviously sweeter. It's so sweet. You nailed it when you said really saccharine. Dessert. It really, like, yeah. and the color isn't so much different than your Imperial Pilsner was, really. <laughs> no, no. A I, think, more, I think it's a actually lighter. Cloudy, yeah. A little more cloudy. That's really interesting. But it's got that like copper. This is our color glass. It's the only one that yeah. yes. we were it's, able to see. It's lighter than the Pilsner. The it Pilsner is. was, we described it as copper. That's not even close. It's, it's like more of like a, a golden. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I bought this in Virginia for Virginia. From Virginia. Represent. Yes. <laughs> Represent. So it's kind of like going to the Virginia Wine Festival. I'm not going to make all the comments I wanted to make right then. Why not? I thought you had... Just about the name and the flavor and, I don't know, stuff, words and things. Have you guys ever had any beers from Licking Hole before? <laughs> you just that was a that. serious question. <laughs> Some nice honey-flavored Licking Holes. Uh, uh, no. Definitely not. This is definitely our first foray into the Licking Hole That's really hole funny. When, when we first were talking about doing this podcast, you guys told me, like, oh, and, you know, I was like, I have a really dirty mouth if I say the F-bomb, is that Okay. <laughs> And you were like, no, it'd be, it'd be best if you didn't. But innuendo is strongly encouraged. <laughs> and I was just thinking in my head, I was like, innuendo, like what? And then it just happens. Right. You know, it just works itself out. Sometimes the material is just right in front of you. You just have to walk up and deliver you it. You just have to walk I don't even up know. and drink the licking hole. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> just dip your tongue in like a little hummingbird. Oh, man, there it is. Like a little hummingbird. Oh, wow. Say something educated right now, please. I'm not going to say anything educated. All I'm going to say is I was in my kitchen and my roommate opened the fridge and he was just like, ah, are these the beers you're podcasting with? I'm going to read the bottle. Uh, bottle. And uh, and I was like, yeah, this is what we're doing. He goes, licking hole. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, are you serious? I was like, I don't even know. I didn't look. No clue. Thank you, Shannon, for this beautiful Virginia beer. It's... (laughs) It is it from like Licking Hole Creek, a farm brewery producing hops, barley, and beer on 221 acres in the heart of Virginia. It's a lot of acres. It's a water-conscious brewery. Didn't even know that was a thing. And they brew with well water drawn from the deep. Okay. How they deep? They just, just said that on the side of their bottle. There's the innuendo. Ah, their big, fat bottle. <laughs> okay. I need, to, I need to say this just so that for people out there who are really into... Licking Hole. Truth instead of just innuendo. Our name pays homage to Little Licking Hole Creek, which oh runs through the forest. God. You're not making it better. It runs through the forest <laughs> of Licking Hole. Since pre-colonial times, the creek has been known as the Licking Hole where wildlife stopped to drink from the nourishing waters. May the tradition continue. <laughs> I'm so thirsty right now. I might just chug the this beer. The best part is There's really... There's no high school there. <laughs> so the, the town that this is from... Because that's what I, I actually the reason I wanted the bottle was to see where in Virginia it is from. It's called Goochland. 
Come on. I d- Goochland, Virginia. Oh you can you two can go probably a charming bed and breakfast. <laughs> nice. And then you can take a little sojourn to the There might be like a tire hole. swing that you can, you know, jump into jump the right creek. Into. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> All right. So I would I would drink this beer once, but I wouldn't go back for another lick. I also would not. Yeah. But I got a great hummingbird mental picture happening right yeah, that now. Was nice. so. that I thought nice, so. Yeah. So I, usually this is the point in the podcast where I ask which was your favorite, but I feel I think that's the it's I think we're quite all unanimous. Okay, well I guess what's your second favorite? <laughs> I actually like the triple better than the Pilsner. Wow. It'd be it'd be hard to pick. Um There's obviously, still a obviously we're all in agreement that the Elder Brett was our favorite from yes, Epic Brewing. I think definitely their exponential series. I'm just not crazy about either of the other beers if I had to pick. How about this? Is the Imperial Pilsner closer to a Pilsner or is the Triple closer to a Triple? The Triple is closer to a Triple. Okay. That's... It, it, the Triple has the components of the Triple that I mentioned. The body, the flavor, the fruit. They just but don't it just marry doesn't well. Work. It yeah. just doesn't work together. It, like I said, it's like an American brewery. Trying it's when to make Goochland, a Virginia, tries to make a Belgian style. I feel like if they didn't call it a triple, it might be a good like, like maybe Belgian strong golden ale. It's just too sweet. Or like a honey it's, wine. It's just too sweet. <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, just based like on a, a lot almost. of the different Virginia wines that I've had, you could, I think. Especially at the nine percent threshold, at nine percent and above, you can sell it as a wine by all means. No, I agree. and like, yeah, I don't, I don't love these flavors. And if I'm thinking triple and I taste this, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know. But I could see somebody very much enjoying this. Is like, oh, it's sweet. There's lavender. It's honey. It's like, oh yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Not for me though. Fair enough. I think I would rather drink the pilsner before this. All right. But wow. I'm also not a fan of like big listen sweet to things. you. He's so proud right now. He's his beaming smile says, "Score one." I would also Pilsner. like rather listen to the Beatles than death metal. Wow, I thought for sure you were going to the country place with that. So I'll so take it. So you're calling the Beatles a Pilsner and death metal the licking hole triple, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, thanks so much for coming out. It's my. Absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> You're always, welcome it's back. It's always my pleasure with you, too. Anytime. It really is. If you, uh, it's give our us, pleasure, too. We enjoy spending Give us some may morning. I cheers some cilantro? licking hole with the two of you? It is. I can't believe we have like not even mentioned all of the, the craziness that is St. Patrick's Day, but maybe we just glazed we'll right over that, that holiday. Yeah. and Green beer sucks. There you go. I did. I will admit I had a... Uh, Alora, my girlfriend, and I cooked, or she mostly cooked. I, I told you guys this already. She, she's an excellent cook. I like to cook, but I don't usually do it. Um, some corned beef and cabbage on Thursday. Excellent. And before I came out here, I had a fat plate of corned beef and cabbage, and that was my celebration. Nice. I'm glad because we just gave you three beers over 9%. So it's yeah. better if there's a lot <laughs> in your steak. stomach. Yeah. And a steak. It right. helps a lot. So always at facebook.com slash dashingrogue and dashingrogue.com for information on our beer dinners and the newest podcasts, as well as beermistress.com for beer reviews, top 10 lists, and recipes. Ambitious. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at beermistress. I'm at dashing underscore rogue. Cal, you're on Twitter. I'm at Cal underscore himself. (laughs) I love it. It's so... I love it. Anyway, until next time, this is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. I'm just Cal, I guess. <laughs> and the best possible Cal we could ever have. The only Cal you'll ever have. Can See only you then. Once.